Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. On this episode, we have my good friend, the wild man of the north, Earl. And we're talking about body hardening. We're talking about anti-fragility. And this is kind of something that Earl and I bonded over originally. He was an OG monkey. He backed our first campaign on Kickstarter in 2014. And I've actually, I've had the opportunity to meet him in person a handful of times now. I was out in Norway once in February of 2017 and then again in August of that same year. So I got to see like the Northern Lights in February and we went all around Went hiking, climbed peaks, swam in the ocean. And then, man, when we did the trip in August, that was just a wild time. And hopefully we can do something like that again. Actually, Rich Rich and I, a few episodes back, talked about it'd be kind of cool to just like drop this lat long. Say, all right, monkeys, meet at this lat long this day, this time, and we go uh, go have a gathering of wildness. But Earl, for those of you that aren't familiar with Earl, haven't heard our previous episodes, he's a psychologist. He's essentially a doctor. And I know the schooling and whatnot, it's a little different in Norway, but he's essentially a doctor. And every time I talk to him, I learn something new, not just about his particular specialty psychology, but just he's, he's such a unique individual and, and wild individual, I should say. But he really, he lives this very examined, well thought out life and is really just constantly exploring things. So I, every time we talk, I just, I walk away thinking like, man, those are really good ideas or I never thought of something that way. So I appreciate him being on the show, sharing his thoughts. There's some pure liquid steel gold that comes. He has some awesome insights. So I really enjoyed this episode and we'll have many more. So please enjoy the show. Here we go. Yeah, to the new house. To the new lair. The new lair. So <laughs> you would love it. Like you have, I'm, I'm going to show the 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 monkey room. That's like we actually have a monkey room. Okay, that's a dojo. Yeah. Okay. And um, outside, I told you about the World War II bunkers. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, just in front of the bunkers, there's um, uh, like what, what do you call those? Ah. Oh, this is the English word. I forget. It's like, uh, like a turret. You can just, no, it's, it's, uh, the word I'm, I'm waiting for is like where you can sit outside on your porch. It's a porch, oh, uh, okay. a flying port, like a, a porch on the second floor. Okay. So underneath the porch, there is a beam. So I just hooked up some, uh, ropes there so I can, uh, hook up the monkey bars. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I actually did some research, research from uh, from their thoughts on body hardening today. <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> so, so I actually have like a old school, old school notes here. Man, I like I I was talking to Rich uh, on a podcast a couple episodes ago, but I I struggle. I, I there's something about like the written writing notes. I I like that more. So I think it like my thought flows better that way versus like, you know, when you're typing things out, it has to be Rich this was, certain way. That was the guy from South Africa. Yeah. 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 I, I liked it. I liked, I liked him. He was a real cool dude. I just don't agree with, the, with the use of technology for uh, taking notes. Yeah. It's some, um, so I can see how you can use to aggregate <coughs> things, but yeah, I've always been like something about writing it. You know, it just, mm. I think it, 
it, it's more conducive to like how my brain is wired or how the thoughts connect, you know? I mean, this can also just be that we're getting old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't eliminate that possibility. Uh, yeah. But I've, for me, it's least that like taking out the phone or something akin to that is it makes, there's a break in between my thought process because I have to push up the apps and stuff right. while picking up the pen is just kind of like engaging with it. Right. So and, and for me, it's always quicker writing uh, longhand. Interesting. Like you can, you can yeah. write faster than you can type. I can write faster than I can type. I think most people have, but I can also like make just doodles and pictures and uh, stuff like that. So a lot of the time I just kind of write down keywords and then a picture for something. And it's also the use of like, I don't know if you can see it, but I have it like this elaborate use of lines for, ah. for my thought process. Yeah. And that, as for the time being, that can't be replicated on, on like an iPad or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Well, for me um, too, it's like the tactile feeling as well. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Know. You should mention because one of the guys, like I've been reading, like I just, Looked back in the book Anti-Fragile by uh, uh, Taleb. Okay. He he is one of those, like, he is really, really against the whole concept of Kindle. Like, he scoffs at people that brag about how many books they're bringing. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> launching around with, like, uh, um, just a bag of books. Right, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess it's also adds, like, to this carrying capacity after, after some time. Right. <laughs> That is yeah. the thing though, man, like you could accumulate this library that just becomes almost unmanageable to a degree, you know, especially if you're living, you know, mm. more minimalistly. So, which, which we're all about in the, in monkey culture. Yeah. So, but I, I think that's also, it's an interesting ideas of minimalism because like having a Kindle or for like, like just eBooks. Sure. You can, you can acquire so many of them that the chance of you actually reading them is kind of getting slimmer. Uh, I don't know if you, do you remember this back in the days, like when your dad took you to the, uh, the video store, like Blockbuster or something. Right. And, uh, and th there was like, they had hundreds of movies, hundreds of movies, but literally they had hundreds of movies today. We have like the Netflix account probably has like, 10,000 movies. And I also have like HBO and some Norwegian streaming services. So there's no, there's just a theoretical number of how many shows I could watch. So I get this, I used to call it the, the video store dilemma. I, I actually did use this as for like with patients. Okay. Because a lot of anxiety, people with anxiety, they have a lot of like, they, they're not good at making choices. And they kind of evaluate every option and judge them equal. This is part of getting like this. You just can't make a choice. Right. So I used to call it the video store dilemma that your dad <laughs> is really annoyed because you spent like one and a half hour choosing which movie you're going to watch. And that's the, that's the time he had planned to like to sit back and relax while you watched the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So when you spend as much time on the choice, so this is something like interesting that a lot of like, a lot of like minimalistic approaches actually gives you so many choices also mm. yeah, that you, you get stuck in the paradox of choice. That would be like a more uh, formal way of saying it. Right. 
Yeah, I remember reading about that the paradox of choice. That, that was like in college or something like that, and it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, you know, there's a just what pops into mind is there's a fast food burger place which is it's so good. It's called In and Out Burger. They started. Oh, I love it. Have you? Okay, you've had it. it's so good. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been in San Diego. So. Oh, right. Okay, I, I thought yeah, I remember yeah. you were in California, but uh, they just opened two here in Colorado. I haven't been oh. to them yet, but the line was like fourteen hours long. Fourteen hours. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And you know, their menu is hamburger, cheeseburger, fries, shake. You know, it's so simple. It eliminates that problem mm. of choice, and there are lines around the block at every single store mm. all the time. So it. There is something to that, you know. I want. I wonder if we have too many choices in uh, for monkey gear, but <laughs> no, no. There's never enough choices of right. monkey gear. <laughs> right. <laughs> me and Bro- me and Brooke agrees. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys put some money away in your four hundred one k. You know, like a Roth. Pay your mortgage and then go to our website. <laughs> Oh, that's the problem, that that I can't pay my house now. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I had I had to jump on the um, uh, the new ex, the um, the new pack for the MB, MB2s. Okay, yeah, that was too cool to just let it go. Did you not get one of those? <laughs> I didn't get one of those. I thought I sent one. Yeah, Dang. but send send me one anyway. Sorry, man. Like, I, yeah, I bought one for my mom. Okay, <laughs> yeah, she's getting. I'm looking forward to seeing her do the three sixty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I did, um, I was messing around with it actually, right. Just, um, like an hour ago mm-hmm. doing like more kind of lateral stability exercises, like pal off mm-hmm. presses with like a lunge yeah. and stuff. And I really, you know, just, it's like exploring these different applications. It's, I think there's a lot of use for like just that, that anti-rotation and stability training, you know what I mean? Along with just that more cardio explosive, you know? Well, what, what you really need to do is like make a program on that for it. Oh, and absolutely. also I think, yeah, I'm going to send you a few suggestions for that also, because like there's, there's just, there's just a couple of things that's like, ah, this is a, this is an itch I need to get scratched. Cause like one of those things is actually whenever the, whenever you change the exercise, if they had an indicator where, you should put the, the anchoring point right. up or down or in the middle. Right. So, cause I've been doing a lot of like, Oh no, this is supposed to be there. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that would be good. And also if you get into that, you actually next exercise, the monkey NATO, <laughs> that would be so cool. I did add some voice for the uh, rest. <laughs> yeah. I, the rest. That's, that's pretty good, but there should be next exercise. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you could do more like, Get ready. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think actually having different kind of like, that's probably pretty easy programming, just having like different kind of sayings goes to these things. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's never the same. Never the same. That would be like a, a monkey cheer me up or something like that. Right. Or I should just so. like have it where real time I see someone start a workout and I hop on and start like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hello. <laughs> hey. What are you doing? <laughs> so, One more rep. Oh, slack off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. yeah it's uh that you, we've um I've had a few other people give that feedback about the anchor height and I've I tried I'm sh- you know I tried to make workouts where it's it's not like switching from the top to the bottom constantly and I know I'm sure there's I will I know for a fact there's ones that do do that and I know it's annoying so that is something As long as I'm using a door it's not really that annoying sure. but if you actually kind of like it's it's the thing that if you can see, oh, this is where it goes up and down there. Right. 
<laughs> that will be actually really good. Right. Actually, I'm using my glasses to hold. Yeah. On that note, I'm working. Um, it's actually a monkey. Shout out to Monkey Colton. He's a steel worker down in Atlanta, your old hood. Oh, my hood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what up? Yeah. Shout out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he'd been making some kind of custom wall anchors and he'd sent me some photos. So I reached out to him and we're working on what I'm calling the monkey dashboard, which I talked to you about. Ooh. But. It's kind of like a miniature stall bar, stall bar type of thing. But what I'm excited about is like this quick, it allows you to like instantly hot swap heights, locations, all these things. And you can kind of have everything set up in this tight He's package. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So that's, uh, I'm supposed to have a prototype before Christmas. So start, start teasing that here soon. <laughs> so uh, let's talk body hardening, man. Body hardening, man. Yeah, that's that's going to be a fun topic. Um, it was kind of funny man, when you first mentioned this, this was going to be the topic. Uh, I kept taking back, like, I used to do, when I was, like, a teenager, I used to do Kung Fu. Okay. So, yeah, this is kind of funny because, like, I live in, in uh, you know, I, I used to live in Buda. I grew up in Buda. It's, it's a town pretty far up north in Norway. It's kind of like on the line of Lofoten. So it's just across the Arctic Circle, but it's on the mainland. And uh, I guess, like we had, we had like after Bruce Lee and the you know the eighties and nineties with the martial arts kind of like streaming into video, and this is a little bit before you know UFC broke in and stuff. So there was this one guy that he, he was a pretty crazy guy. He was some, some kind of like ex-military dude that moved to uh, to my town. He was from uh, like eastern europe or something it's, it's like a really really weird guy and he probably had a lot of like ptsd and trouble so oh, like but no. he did but he did run a run a uh, ollie wants to say hi i'm just gonna show ollie say hi man what's uh <laughs> what's ollie's handle again it's ollie. uh it's ollie uh, dot wss for white swiss shepherd ollie o-l-l-i-e dot w-s-s I'll, t- I'll, yes. I'll tag it. I'll link him. Yeah, cool. He's looking wild. Cool, cool, cool. He's pretty wild. How old is he's he now? Probably, he's going to be five. Gosh, that's so crazy. Because I met him, I was out there in 2017. So he, you'd just mm. gotten him, I think, within a year, maybe. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he wasn't. He, he was he like was a pup. pup yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we had some good times, him and I. <laughs> yeah, he was very happy when you were there because we took him running all yeah, the time. Yeah, it was great. Mm. So, but I, I remember like going to Kung Fu training and one of those things like Kung Fu, they have like the whole concept of body harming. You do a lot of like pushes for knuckles to start hitting around things. And I think one of the weirdest thing about this guy was that like he, th- th- this is like, um, uh, for the, the commune Buddha is, is like, a, uh, this, what would have been, uh, like the city Buddha, they have like, you can rent, uh, spaces for, um, for sports, so usually like sports teams have there, and in this big hall, they used to play handball and football inside there. Okay, uh, those are those handball and football is definitely the biggest uh, sports in Norway for kids. So, but it had this, this little martial arts area, and I think he kind of liked to squat it there. I don't think he rented it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, so it was it was kind of like really that was really like. Off the grid kind of like kung fu. <laughs> it was a love. It, it was a weird 
thing because like he I think he regularly had like flashbacks. If we were just kids, we didn't really understand this thing. Sure. But but he, but it was it was fun training there. But one time he like yeah we were going to the swimming hall. So we all went to the swimming hall. And he had some really amazing skills. He could like do a lap back and forth, back and forth under like a really long lap underwater. And he had this love like afterwards we just jumped in the water and tried to swim as fast and standing outside in the snow there was a lot of like body hardening stuff okay totally inappropriate because like we he probably should have worn us we should have a change of clothes and stuff. <laughs> so i think it just kind of like whatever happened happens that was kind of his approach there but i remember thinking about like kung fu had so many of this iron fist protocol and usually it means like you have to live in a monastery and, and hurt yourself badly for many many years <laughs> so so, but that was the first thought, like about body harness. I kind of looked up a little bit on the on the kung fu stuff, and you know, it's it's one of those because of the revolution of MMA and UFC. Uh, a lot of like the traditional martial arts kind of like came in the background. It's kind of interesting because after Ido Portal and uh, Ido Portal Portal, yeah, you yeah. know that guy, yeah, Ido, yeah, the movement, yeah, right. Ido Ido Portal. That's how we pronounce it. So kind of i love like this traditional martial arts kind of like made a little comeback there because he did he does some of those things and and capoeira has always been like in in the middle because like it's not a traditional martial arts but it's more artistic than efficient so but i think one of the interesting parts about like the comeback of a little bit of traditional martial arts has always been like they are more movement well-being oriented if you take away just uh, just getting iron fists and stuff like that. There's always this rumor in, in, uh, in, um, oh, I fell about that. There in, um, yeah, there's always been this rumor in uh, Kung Fu that if you, if you get the iron fist, I love, I love like this, like you can't have children or something like that. <laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> Wait, what's the so, iron fist? The iron fist is, is, is it's kind of like if you look it up, you probably find a lot about it. But it's like this protocol of like making your hands into iron, and they usually have. This is what you usually see in the movies. This exaggerated, but they stand hitting in in hot sand and moving in rice and hitting stones, like breaking oh, stone. Kind okay. Of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, but, it makes sense. Yeah. Like you know, playing lacrosse, which I played, you know, from high school through college. It's like. You know, it originated as a war game from the Native Americans oh. in the Northeast, which I don't think a lot of people know that. But yeah, it was like it was essentially like training for war because I mean, I mean, you beat on each other with these sticks, man. And mm. what those guys were playing with were like solid wood, which that hurts mm. in a totally different way than the lightweight, mm. you know, titanium ones we were playing with. But I would always notice, like, you know, in the fall we were doing we were doing more like strength and conditioning work, less like full contact on field. But man, those first few weeks back, when you're getting beat on and hit, it was it 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 hurt a lot. But then you'd get used to it, and it just became, you know, just second. It didn't become you didn't react to it in the same way of you could just push through the pain. It wasn't debilitating or anything like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it makes total sense to me. Yeah, I think. But also that that kind of body hardening is. It's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work doing the Kung Fu body harming. Mm-hmm. It's usually like, I think that's the reason why only monks do it because that's what they have time for. Right. So, yeah. But I think it was kind of interesting. It was like one of the, um, 
I think one of the books actually me and you talked about earlier was the, the book And They're Fragile by Nicholas and Sim Taleb. Right, which I haven't read yet. I still haven't read that. You know, it, it's it, I think it's a really interesting one. I love his books. His, um, he has a personality that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and he does insult a lot of people in his books. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he, he insulting? Pe- hmm? Who does he insult? Uh, usually uh, usually people like, uh, the former, uh, for, former politicians, mostly famous people. So they probably <laughs> should just be able to take it. Alan Greenspan. I think he talks a lot of shit about oh, him. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like that's a lot of those things, but his book, Anti-Fragile, I thought it was always like, uh, the title in itself is kind of like interesting philosophical, philosophically. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's also like, kind of like a modern day stoic okay. so he's he's actually most of his books are very inspired by by the stoics and uh the book titleless anti-fragile things that game gain from disorder so i think that is one of those things like how to like hardening up or toughening up is is that he makes a point of stuff being robust it just means it's undestroyable like anvil less pretty robust i mean it takes a lot to destroy an anvil right but yeah but it doesn't really gain anything it just sits there that's pretty much what it can do and uh so a fragile object will be like a a wine glass like a really beautiful piece of work like thin thin glass it can only get whatever happens to it only makes it more fragile like it doesn't gain from disorder It, it loses from disorder and I think he used the example of your cat or your dog is something that actually gains from disorder. Because like if you take away the stressors, like you don't play with your dog and it just sits still, it gets fat, lazy, and it, it destroys it. So part of what he's, he has is like it is, is that like uh, depriving a system of stressors is not necessarily a good thing. Right. Yeah. So I think that is something like really having in mind about the bunny hardening concept we were talking about, like, or toughening, toughening up. So, yeah. So, so most systems, like this is also, I find interesting as uh, working with people with anxiety and depression is a lot of people take talk about all their, uh, their stress, how much stress they're aimed at. And this is interesting because like, it's a long course, it's kind of like, but it's interesting because there's a difference between Northern Norwegian, or like Norwegian culture and American culture, where you have like a, a focus on explaining all, oh, I feel bad because I'm, I'm getting so much stress. But the hard part of those things is that like, if you ask people what's happening to you, like, okay, what, what do you mean with stress? You usually get as many different uh, descriptions of stress or definitions of stress as you ask people, and it's it's everything from oh I have too much cortisol in my blood, and uh, I I don't know how they know that because most people don't go around checking it all the time. Right. So that was a pretty good book. I, I once read The Truth About Stress by um, uh, a woman named Pat Moore, and she had this interesting explanation that part of the reason why stress is such a weird like it's a difficult word because it's so badly defined. It's partly because like the guy that coined it, uh, and I forget what his name, but he was um, French Canadian. Oh, okay. And he probably meant, he probably meant strain, not stress. 
Interesting. Okay. So just like it was a translation yeah. thing or something like that? A translation thing, but also you get this problem with stress. That if, you, if you ask a bunch of people, how do you define stress? And right. it's really interesting if you like, if you ask someone with a biological background or just some person on the streets or a mechanic, someone with kind of engineering uh, incline, you'll get really, really different explanations for those things. And uh, like in engineering, stress is a force applied. Like you, you get you get exposed for stress. And then you can see how much strain it leaves. Mm, but here's one of those, yeah, one of the big differences between building a bridge and being a human is that a bridge can only can only get damaged. That's the only thing that happens. It can get untouched or damaged. But if we don't have stress anymore, we all, we get damaged because we're a, we're an anti-fragile system that gain from a little bit of disorder. Right. Well, what yeah. I really liked about I remember reading that that what is what is fragile, which you described. And then his concept, well, the opposite of that would be anti-fragile. There wasn't like a word mm. that really fit mm. that definition. But I think what's important to highlight just for folks is it's the anti-fragile concept is it's not just that stress or input or strain doesn't damage you. It actually makes you stronger and more robust. I think that's that's the mm. really important thing. And I think the the whole argument he's trying to make in anti-fragile, which I still haven't read, but... I've uh, listened to a lot of people talk about it and explore it. And I, I, I just I, understand the concept. I think I talked a lot about it too, because yeah, I was yeah. really Probably from you. obsessed with the book. <laughs> I was really obsessed with the book at some point. But one of the things besides is uh, Wolf's Law, that is um, uh, a German physician, I think. He discovered that bones get stronger from external load. So that's why I like just actually adding the barbell with load, just standing with it puts pressure on the spine so that actually increases uh, spine density right so hmm. and uh he also kind of like one of the uh expressions uses hormesis like i think i guess that's from uh greek uh mythology kind of hormesis was this guy that ate poison a little bit of poison so he got mm -hmm. kind of like uh immune to it 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 didn't turn out too well for him because like at some point he wanted to commit suicide because he had done so much stuff <laughs> and he had, so he drank, drank poison, but it didn't help. It didn't kill him. <laughs> so, That's uh, very, uh, those, those, those old traditional Greeks, they did a lot of strange things. Right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so. Well, we reference them so yeah. much still. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> they reference them a lot. Yeah. So, but it was real fun. It was like, when I asked you about what we're going to talk about, you said like body harming and uh, things like that. So we have been into, like, I was, I'm still really into the Wim Hof method. Oh, yeah. And, um, well, you're the one yeah, that turned me on to it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's winter, like winter in Norway right now. It's just really dark. So something I have to do is I just walk my dog without too much clothes on. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, hold on. I'm, this is one thing I want to talk about. You... I think we were met. We we're we've been messaging on like four different platforms. I can't remember which particular thread it was, but <laughs> you told me if it's not below freezing, you're wearing an ice vest when you're outside. Yeah. <laughs> tell us, tell us more. Yeah, this uh, actually it was pretty cool. Like at some point, because like in summer it just got too hot there, so I, I found out it's like since the the water temperature was uh, was getting above 10 or 12 degrees, it didn't really feel cold anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so the cold just didn't work that much. And I, 
the time being, I didn't have like, I didn't have a room. I don't have a bathtub. I could fill with ice or anything like okay. that. So I found it's like cool fat buster. I think the name of the West is, yeah. And they have this like, it's just like this West you can strap on your chest and, and back. And there's just a big, um, ice pack there. Right. So the thing is like, you just throw it in the fridge and then you also have like the cool gut buster. It's like, um, more ice packs you just trip around your your waist <laughs> so I, I kept walking around with about 10 ice packs or something like that around but also the thing about them is that they keep they keep the cold a little bit longer than if you just had water right right okay yeah and yeah. you get a little extra yeah. weight as well you get extra weight so it's kind of like a weight twist at the same time walking your dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, but, I, but I did used to like put on this like jacket around it so it wouldn't look too bad. That probably <laughs> looked even even weirder. But it's like when when it rained outside, when the water froze, <laughs> froze. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was kind of funny. There yeah. is like you kind of got to be, you know, like I would wear my weight vest around our neighborhood and I'd be mm. pushing my daughter in the stroller, but I'd be wearing, it looked very tactical. You know what I mean? Like, mm. Yeah. It looked like it looked like it could be a bulletproof vest from like an untrained eye, you know. So it was always a little, always sure to be extra friendly and wave to people when I'm wearing that thing. But yeah, but I mean, it's like I think it was last year I didn't really need the vest because it was like minus 15 degrees Celsius outside. So it was really really cold, and also the wind. But that was really fun. It was like at some point I just had to put on some like a um, a tin jacket or something. I got so tired of like these little old ladies keep coming up to me. I think you need to dress right. <laughs> So for not scaring them, I, I started putting a little bit of clothing. So I didn't wear very much shorts right. at the time there. Right. Yeah. Like a, a pamphlet to hand out or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Did, I should have done that. Didn't yeah. you mention, I, I'm pretty sure you mentioned this to me, but there was a, a Norwegian woman, I believe that she was an ocean swimmer and she'd had cancer or something. And she was doing this daily ocean swimming for years and oh yeah that, that that was uh that was actually that is uh that was one of my um she was a psychiatrist right. i worked with yeah and uh it's, it's kind of a fun story because like she had cancer for a long time i mean she um i don't know let's just say she was about she was about to retire before she died okay but uh she had had cancer like uh she, she had cancer when she was like 10, 20 years ago or something like that. And uh, it's kind of like she actually did daily uh, ice baths. She was also in the Norwegian government for a long, long time. Okay. So, yeah. But uh, that was kind of like she always claimed that, like, they, they told me I've been dead the last 10 years. Right. But I still showed them. <laughs> that was kind of like she was tough. That was for sure. And she, she every day she went ice, uh, like bathing in the ocean. Okay. So. Pretty much, like, I think the only time she, there was, like, this tornado-ish kind of wind outside. So she couldn't get down. She she, uh, she just couldn't get down to the ocean. But that was pretty much the one day she missed. So Certainly a wild she, woman of the north, that's for sure. She was a wild woman. Uh, she, she always claimed that, like, she kept, like, part of the reason why she survived was the ice bathing. Right. There's, there's gotta be something like when you're doing these like difficult things like that. I don't know. I don't think placebo effects is necessarily the right word, but just that, that toughness and resilience it builds. It, it's gotta have some sort of longevity, longevity mm. effect, you know? I think, I think, 
it's always one of those things like you aim to describe stuff in like in mechanics, like we, what are the mechanics that just is. I think th- those things are really hard to know and understand. Right. I mean, Scott Carney's book, uh, What Doesn't Kill Us About Wim Hof and the, the Method, applies to a little bit about this activation of brown fat and probably metabolism causes because like probably some like stuff like cancer things have like metabolic issues like the cells were supposed to get destroyed but it didn't right so and and uh there's just a lot of stuff like actually putting yourself in outside of a comfort zone for some time seems to just be like what it's kind of like hormesis it does a little bit of the poison makes you tougher and stronger so i think one of those things i read was about this uh kind of small small worms where if they exposed them to heat that didn't kill them for a short time they really grew a lot stronger and could like take more and more heat but it's, it's had to be just a little bit of heat right and and uh, so, so they also got resistance to bacteria because of this like heating so it kind of like it generalized to, to like more ruggedness in mm-hmm. in all aspects there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I think that's something that's important to highlight as well as like the dose, the dose of these stressors or strains or whatever mm. you want to call it. Like I know, especially in the States, we tend to, if something's, if a little bit of something's good, then more is better. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's a very mm-hmm. like American thing for sure. So definitely folks, if you're, if you're wanting to add more body hardening specific training, you got to ease into it. Like any training really. Right. You know, mm. I think the Wim Hof, did, did I tell you my Wim Hof story about when I started using it? Uh, and, um, like how I, f- I really felt bad about my Viking heritage that I couldn't take the cold showers. <laughs> did I tell you that one? I think so, but I think you should tell it again. It's, it, it actually, for me, it's at least it's very funny because like if you followed, um, uh, the Wim Hof online courses, there's like this progression that like the first week you do a warm shower, then you do 30 seconds of cold water. And uh, th- this shouldn't be a big deal. But I remember like just putting on the cold water. And I was like, oh, darn, I'm not sure I'm going to make this. <laughs> it's like, and I'm a Viking. This is kind of like, and I, I just kept reading on the forum, like everybody else, like, yeah, I did 10 minutes. I was like, dang, those people are tough. Right. <laughs> so, and the next week was one minute. I was like, I could take it. But the next week after I was like two minutes, I was like, oh, this is, I'm almost, I'm going to break. And I'm toughening out. And I really like, but I, I was, I was not, but every morning after doing debris, I was like about to cry because like I felt so unmanly. And I think it was a week there's had like, you start two minutes of cold water, warm water, and end with three minutes of cold water. And so that, that's it. I couldn't take it. But I did. And then it was a five minute next week. But now I'm not, I'm not going to take this. And then the water pipes burst because like what I forgot to calculate is that most of the people writing on the forum are not from Northern Norway. So we had like an epic cold. That, it was like uh, most of the water was at a minus degree. Like there was not supposed to be uh, f- uh, floating anymore. Right. So it was like the pipes broke. It was something about like, since it got a little bit like, it got like minus five degrees and then minus 15 and it fluctuated. Jeez. So, the, so the water kind of froze deeper and deeper into the earth. So it's just like incredibly cold. And that was when I like figured out that, like when I looked at most people, yeah, I did ten minutes. Like, yeah, but you're in Jakarta. Right. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, I don't care what you do. So, totally. so that, that was like, yeah, 
I took back my bike year. I felt real proud about that. So, so after just easing into it, because I went back and like just add a little bit more hot water because like I started out with like that was insane. That was just really really hard. And everybody else are comparing to myself to was in California or or Indonesia or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I, I just forgot where I was. Yeah, well, it's like, man, it's it's a whole different type of cold up where you guys are, man. With with the moisture in the air and just it's I've never felt anything like that being up there. And I, you know, when I was there, the temperature the the temperature on like the thermometer was colder in Colorado than it was there. I think most of the time. Mm-hmm. But just, man, it was, uh, it's next level. I remember going surfing and, uh, I had to, I had to come to the shore and then run sprints back and forth on the beach and stand by the fire that I'd go in just to like be able to move again. But do you remember my, when I got you, uh, cause like we lived in the, the little sea cove yeah, yeah. then, so we had like the, yeah, uh, we, we jumped in, we broke the ice and jumped yeah, in. Yeah. 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 We <laughs> went in, man. We did, uh, that was, I'm pretty sure that was my first real experience with Wim Hof and just mm. being introduced to the whole concept. And I think while I was there, I listened to him on Joe Rogan and we, uh, we dove in deep and it's been it's stuck ever since. Is that, how did you get into it originally? I think way back when he was like not as famous as it is now. I think I, I watched his Discovery Channel shows, like something Stanley's Superhumans or something. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is like two, 2010, 12, okay. or what, whatever. It was when still uh, Discovery Channel had something that was actually scientific. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, porn stars and stuff like that. Right, it's, right. it's really horrible. <laughs> but it's um, it, it was it was. Just I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like he was running a marathon in Finland, barefooted in uh, minus forty-two degrees. It's like oh, insane. Right. <laughs> yeah, Finland is like insanely cold. You don't have like in the middle because like that's more inland. You right. get less of the wind kind of thing, but it's it's a colder. Then you get this like you can throw water up like boiling water and it will freeze on the way down. That's kind so of cold. crazy, man. But yeah. when isn't, I mean, isn't like the, the sauna and, um, the cold, the hot, cold contrast, that's a Norwegian skin. I mean, that's, you guys came up with that whole concept. Well, the, the Finnish, I have to give credit to the Finnish okay. people for that, Fair but, enough. but it's pretty, it's pretty common in Northern Norway. And you also have like the, the Sama people that lives mm, in the reindeer people. Right. They, they, they probably have a lot of like similar things to those things. So. So, but I mean, saunas are the farther north you go, the saunas are more and more popular, as they should be. So, it has to should be. <laughs> I think, yeah, my new house has a sauna, so that's oh, very man. important. Gosh, man, they got to get this uh, vaccine taken care of so I can get out there again, man. Yeah. It's such a bummer. Yeah. yeah, or I'll have to figure some sort of like you know multi-sport route using uh, sailing, paddleboarding trekking biking etc <laughs> yeah. that'd be fun that would be, that'd be a fun that monkey venture one thing yeah. i was i wanted to ask you about being a psychologist you know with the with the body hardening and the anti-fragile concept how much you think of that how much of that do you think is mental in the sense of this input comes in and then it can either be go towards the anti-fragile or fragile route in the sense of a person can kind of almost interpret something as, Hey, this is good for me. It's building me up. It's making me mm. more robust. Or they can be like, Oh, I'm sh-. the same input can 
have two totally different reactions. You know, one is anti-fragile, one is fragile. You know, uh, it's always unlike that one of those funny questions because, like, when I started reading about stoicism, I, I was, I think that was while I was doing my, like, work, uh, getting a diploma in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. And uh, those things are really, I mean, cognitive behavioral therapy in its origins is kind of like just stoicism manualized in many ways. Like Aaron Beck, the founder of cognitive therapy, was really, really inspired by stoicism. And um, funny enough, the British, like I'm trained in the British tradition of cognitive behavioral therapy. And they're, they're more into like stoic thinking. There's like an interesting divide there that, that you get like, I guess like America was really hit by the mindfulness wave. By, what, by the what? You get like the mindfulness wave. Oh, my, like, right, okay. Yeah. You, you kind of have this reference to third uh, generation cognitive therapy is usually mindfulness based okay. ish okay. therapies. Yeah. So, and uh, like I also trained in something called metacognitive therapy, it's a very uh, British brand of cognitive therapy, it's, it's kind of a development. I think one of those interesting things is like in compared to other things, like um, whenever you read about like people wanting to like uh, increase their toughness of mind and stuff like that, you get all this sort of like weird, like you have to do affirmations, write the good thing about yourself. And that's, that's one of the interesting things about like metacognitive therapy is it's less thinking. Like one of the things is just that your thoughts doesn't matter. And that kind of sounds mindfulness ish. But it's a pretty big divider because, like, mindfulness is in beginning. It's kind of like a meditation practice, mm. and you have a you have some kind of like tendency to sit down and really like work to not pay attention to your thoughts. Well, <laughs> that could actually a lot of like patients with anxiety disorders that they have problem getting that difference of not paying attention to your thoughts and working to get your thoughts away. So. People with OCD, I think, is the best example because, like, a lot of them, like, really, really want to succeed with mindfulness training. So they think, like, I'm not going to think about germs. So I'm going to put this germ thought on a on a leaf and see it float on the river. So they sit and engage in. So it becomes a, becomes a compulsive behavior because mm. they're sitting really hard thinking about getting in the way while just not paying attention to your thoughts. So I think one of the like stuff like affirmations and things like that, like writing down things like um, I'm strong or whatever. It's, it's one of those things, the whole metacognitive therapy theory just took that away because like, it's not really important what your thoughts are and uh, kind of like just developing the, the focus of attention to just, just don't pay attention to your thoughts. Mm. It's kind of like those things. They are not important. Right. At least for me, it gave like a really, I would say like, it's weird because it gave me a very stoic mind after a while that like, like everybody else, I get upset, uh, quarrel with my wife and stuff like that. But most of the time, I just kind of like, whenever I start remembering that like, yeah, your feelings are probably going to pass whatever you think you're doing. And most of the time, your thoughts really aren't that important. Nobody really wants to listen to them. Not even you. So you don't really have to talk to yourself about those. So, so it gets like this weird thing that at some point the voice in my head just disappeared. It's like I didn't have conversations with myself anymore. And, uh, and just still do some kind of thinking because it's just like 
this metacognitive way of thinking, like you just kind of like observe your thoughts. And I think this makes you more kind of anti-fragile or, or toughening because like just freeing up your attention to actually pay, to actually pay attention to things really, really, really helps. Right. I don't know if that answered your question, but that was the best I could do. Well, that was pure liquid steel gold, my man. That's uh no, that's I've, I've heard concepts articulated similar to that, but what you just said is that's probably the best um, concise version I've heard. So monkeys take notes. I think also that was for me, that that's the easiest one. I had this, it's not, it's not putting down like, there's a lot of like good stuff about mindfulness practices and meditation, things like that. I think if you ever got Gabor on the show, he, oh, right, he, right. He's, yeah, he's really like monkey. What we call him, monkey Gabor? Or just sure, Gabor. yeah. That's, yeah, either, yeah. either or. Yeah. But uh, he could probably talk a lot about like the benefits and, and things, especially with the breathing exercises. I right. talked a lot to him about those things. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. But we had this, there was also this one lecture I. I watched about this is Norwegian psychologist that had an interesting question that like, especially in like businesses and stuff like that, stuff like mindfulness was sold as like a kind of a cure it all kind of like gain creativity, be mindful and things like that. But he has this really cool lecture about like, if mindfulness is the answer, what is then the question? Okay. Yeah. And, it's just a frame was like, I don't know what, what is the question. Yeah, no, I just, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the concept. I'm just like, I have no yeah. idea what the question is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and one of the things that like he pointed out is that a lot of the time you get sold like, Oh, the people at my work are so stressed. We need to teach them mindfulness, but why, why are they so stressed? I mean, like, could it be that the work isn't that good? I mean, like, is it horrible working there? Could that be the reason why they're stressed? Right. So, yeah. So it, it is, in many cases, taking away from the real problem. Like, you're just giving this cure for people to, like, take more. Sure, sure. And that probably is not, it's not probably dealing with some of, like, the more root causes of things. Mm, that makes total sense. So instead of, like, you're mm. just enduring, it's like, it's kind of like a negative aspect of, like, anti-fragility in a way you're just you're enduring this mm. painful or uncomfortable or like, yeah in, in like the anti-fragility thing it's like there's always um i mean uh you have to have stress to your level right so if you can't if you if you pass that level you probably won't gain from disorder mm -hmm. you'll just have more disorder right but yeah. i could see how like someone i, I think actually i'm guilty uh, this is potentially an issue for me is like i have the ability to like kind of shut off my mind and endure things that maybe I shouldn't necessarily or could change. So I could see how giving someone these tools to just suffer more, you know, it's, yeah. it could be a, a, a downside, you know, mm. there's a dark side mm. to it. I could see as well mm. on your, like when you were talking about how kind of being more objective towards your thoughts and your thoughts don't matter and things like that. Do you think that's, does that come like from Norwegian culture? Cause ever since I've met you, you've always kind of been like, what's the word you've always kind of been. There's like a, gosh, I wish I, I could think I had the word and then it totally slipped, but you're kind of just very comfortable in your own skin and you have thoughts and opinions, but they don't seem to like cause a lot of emotion, I guess is the, is the best way I can describe it. Like you seem to kind of 
like you described, it's like a cloud floating through or like the weather changing, you know, it, it happens. It's a real thing, but then it, the next day it's, it moves on, you know? Well, that's the least goal I've tried to do. So it's really, I take that as a compliment. Uh, if you ask my, uh, my girlfriend, she would say that like, you're kind of weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm not sure if it's Norwegian or, or just me, but that, that is a little bit like, you kind of want to grow some of this like skill sets of mm-hmm. disengaging from your thoughts. In the metacognitive framework, it's it's called detached mindfulness, mm. and it makes it makes a little bit of a difference. It's, I mean, those things kind of like mindfulness, detached mindfulness. It's not making a a quarrel about anything, but it's just this thing that you can observe your thought and detach from judgment from them. That's right. that's more or less the goal. Right. Right. So and and for me at least it's a very trainable skill, but I probably have like some personality characteristics that makes these things appealing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, so I guess it's I guess actually I mean you met my mom. She's kind of like she's pretty stoic. That's kind of like funny because like she's just very hard. <laughs> so yeah, she wasn't like yeah. I uh, think stoic. That's probably the best kind of all encompassing word I could think of. You guys have a very stoic just presence about you you know there's nothing like it's not that you're not going to get pissed off or sad or mad or but it doesn't it's like the storm's over and it's over and it doesn't have these long-term effects whereas i i don't know it just seems like kind of this anxiety epidemic or depression epidemic here it's folks like they're they're they get in this feedback loop where they're kind of over analyzing things and they can't they can't escape their thoughts yeah, I mean, in, 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 in returning to the metacognitive framework, it's just like usually you're looking for the cognitive attentional syndrome. Mm-hmm. That like most of the time, like you, this is pretty, it's a pretty stoic saying, like you cannot avoid pain, but uh, being miserable or suffering is actually a choice because like most of the time pain just happens, but actually worrying about it, ruminating about it, engaging in it hoping it wasn't there is usually makes you miserable so it's kind of like if you ever happen to become like bound in a wheelchair i mean it's probably tough since you've been walking all your life but you can also make it a lot worse by focusing on whatever you can't do like i can't play soccer anymore can't play this or that so and most of the, I mean, uh, like some of the coolest people I've ever seen, like the most like engaging people are, are like basket, wheelchair basketball players. I mean, oh, they really, yeah, they're, they're just really tough. Oh, I believe <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, I mean, it's one of those things like you, where you put your focus of attention is really one of those things you can, you can always choose. So. Well, what it makes me think of is I had to stop looking at Strava um, because I see all these guys here, like doing these crazy adventures and climbing peaks and rock climbing and whatever biking. And it just gave me like epic FOMO now that I'm in, now that I'm, you know, in dad mode. So it's like eliminating some, eliminating the inputs that you can, that cause these things is it's, it's not that hard to do actually. And it really does. I was amazed at how much it helps just, just not not even peeking down that hole, you know, it just, it really, mm. um, it really does help my mental state. Mm. You know, I was really into the, um, 
gymnastic bodies, mm-hmm. and I, st- I still like the gymnastic bodies training. And um, but I had to like unfollow a lot of like like you get this like uh, suggestions from from Instagram. Mm. So it was so many handstand people there, and after a while, it's like doing the one arm handstand is that's probably a lifetime dedication to really succeed. And um, um, it's cool training for it, but yeah, I'm probably not going to make it. Like I, I have too much other stuff I need to do in life, especially now. Like uh, I can really, I, I remember sending you the question about FOMO. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, training was, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about those things because like there's, you just sit and like, Oh, I should do this and this. And if I don't do that, I'm, I'm missing out on gains. So I'm, I'm not on the gains training anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all aboard son yeah. Yeah. yeah and sometimes i think i think one of my biggest problems like actually i had probably like half a year i didn't make didn't make gains actually i was i was pushing the limit of my anti-fragility i was getting fragile right. i just pushed myself too much compared to how much restitution i got sure what, what were you yeah. doing what was the uh it was it was that's when I actually got back to like monkey bar style because I did did have a little spring where I did more weightlifting. I, I mean, I love doing weighted squats and stuff like that. But I did a, I just got back to doing deadlifts and weighted squats. And um, uh, at that point, and probably mainly because like I have a wild kid that wakes up at five thirty, right? Uh, and sometimes at five, it's it's kind of like unpredictable. That is right, right. <laughs> So yeah, so I just like ended up like I probably didn't sleep. I mean, like four to five hours. I probably needed seven hours. Mm. So whenever that happens, I could probably increase my training load. But the fun part was that after like I just kind of like thought about it's like I'm gonna try training less, more minimalistically, just find out what makes more gains. Right. And uh, one guy I got inspired for is uh, inspired from is this guy on uh, Instagram called the Mindful Mover. Oh yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, I think yeah. you actually he, uh, suggested him to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of like really good things. Like, uh, he, it's just he's a very thoughtful guy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and uh, he has this like big five exercise. Just like all his games comes from the big five. I think he trains like once a week or something. He does some sprint training also. Do you, can, do you remember <laughs> what the big five are off the top of your head right now? Uh, it's something like. Uh, uh, front lever, uh, front lever pulls, okay. and um, one arm chin ups, and uh, pistol squats, and um, let's see, I mentioned three or four there. Plan- is planche one of them? Planche push ups, okay. yeah, and handstand push ups. Okay, that's all. Yeah, so so those are like, and but it has like has progressions toward those. Like you don't have to do a one arm chin up to get to a one arm chin up. Right, right, right. As I say, I can do yeah. maybe two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, but just the idea that like, I started working more like after watching, I'm, I'm starting doing like strength training once, like I just do upper lower body, mainly with the monkey bars. But I also got so like after, after I got the 360, I'm, and you talked about the micro workout concept because, like, just in my day, my daily work, I'm sitting still a lot. Right. And especially in the Corona time, and this is November, it's it's freakishly dark outside. <laughs> and anyway, and so today it's like I don't want some point going outside. <laughs> right. But just doing like 
the four minutes Tibetan interval with uh, so I'm looking forward I'm, I'm on the uh, it map I'm on the monkey challenge so okay. I'm really looking forward to doing the cardio uh, the cardio 360 okay oh oh yeah and I love the the core exercises oh awesome okay. core program yeah nice um, since it's in the 360 challenge you get like a taste of all of those yeah yeah that's yeah yeah I tried to mix it up like so you could kind of like oh this one's sweet I'll go you know but by the way, it was like I, I did do my strength training at Wednesday. It was like I did some like I followed the strongest bear program oh, with the right. too. Right. <laughs> and then I did like since you ha- I had on the curls. So. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. We're about seven thousand miles apart, maybe. So we'll see if we can get this back on. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just didn't notice that I was. Uh, we were talking to. I was too getting too eager. So I didn't notice my warnings about the power going out. Oh dang! <laughs> <laughs> so typical. I should have been better prepared. I was, take, I was, I was taking notes. I did forget. Oh no! Hey man, I, I appreciate. Yeah, I mean that was like, like I said, that was liquid steel gold. <laughs> yeah. I looked up. What uh, I looked up the strong yeah. like bear workout real quick, yeah. and that's yeah that that'll tickle that'll tickle your biceps for sure. What I did was like I got so inspired from one of the the three sixty the they had this, the arm curl with the three sixty right. So I also just did like tricep extensions with the three sixty. Mm-hmm. So I did like a like a, a, a interval set with the, after doing the strongest bear. I did also some like. A tricep extension with, with the monkey bars, and then I did the, with the 360. And it was the day afterwards, I guess it was, it's like um, uh, the 360 challenge cardio for your arms. I was like, I'm not gonna survive this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my arms just like, it was two days ago since I did the Our Strongest Bear, and my arms just felt like jello. And it, it, it was it was so bad, like I couldn't really straighten them out. I was walking around like this. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was it was pretty efficient, but I was surprised. I remember still doing the the curls with the three sixteen, mm-hmm. and that was like one of those like yeah, this just, just, just looks kind of dumb. But <laughs> I was surprised, <laughs> like man, that really that really killed me. <laughs> right, but that was hard. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you know I was, you know, this was years ago, but I was always a little resistant to use resistance bands because I didn't. I'm like, ah, whatever, like, you know, weights are better. This was, you know, probably back in like 2010, 2011. Mm. But I've, what I've learned and what I've realized is like the more you pull on it, the harder it gets. So you, like a bicep curl at the top, it's easy with a dumbbell. But with the, mm. with the resistance band, it's the most uh, resistance at that point, you know. So yeah. I've, really find, I've really found that benefit. And I've noticed too with three – I think we talked about this before, but, you know, I filmed – with 360, I guess it was two weeks ago now, but you know, I, I probably did a thousand reps easily just having to do all the different takes and angles. And I wasn't really sore afterwards in the, or the next day I, I felt it, you know, I mm. felt like I'd had a big day, but I didn't have like that epic muscle soreness. Like when I've, when we filmed for pocket monkey or monkey, um, monkey bars too, it's like, mm. man, those reps, those reps add up in a whole, totally different way. So I found that benefit with 360. Like you, I think you can train more frequently and not 
break you down in the same way, depending on the movements, of course. But 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 also it's just something about like the movements you do as things like if you don't go around throwing spears and rocks and stuff like that, right. it's 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 really it's really hard getting that kind of movement. So that that's what like I remember when you first that was kind of funny was like I think you showed me the prototype of the the three sixty. It's like yeah, that it, it's probably gonna be awesome, but it looks kind of weird. <laughs> it does look weird. <laughs> yeah, it does look but weird. When I when when I got it into my house, I was like, man, this this is kind of this is really funny. And like it, it's it's interesting. It was like it's a whole new, as you said, it's like all this kind of like weird movements, but it do make sense, right? That, right. That, it, there's something like primal with them. Like you really feel like the, for example, the grizzly punch. Yeah, that's that's supposed to be like that, right? Oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was also kind of like I found. Have you listened to the podcast, The Art of Madeline? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan yeah. of that show. He has a really good uh, article uh, on his blog. Yeah, you might be strong, but are you tough? Right. Uh, so that was it. Was also so in the whole concept of body hardening, kind of like we we're talking about. It's it's one of those things like, of course, being strong is is good, but it's one of those like wild man's back. <laughs> wild man's back. Yeah, sorry about that. I just kind of like got too eager to pay attention to the to the battery there. And I think I'll just kick the line or something, but like the cable. Oh, dang. Yeah. The technology. <laughs> I really think it's AI getting onto us. I was watching, um, uh, terms of dark fate the other day. So I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, them, you know, just, there's a lot of people don't want wildness to return <laughs> to the world. So we got to keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> we have to, so <laughs> where, where were we? Man, uh, we were talking about 360. Oh, you know what we were talking about is um, kind of how the 360 training in mm. the micro workouts, how it's not even you can go intense. It can be hard, but it doesn't break you down in the same way that like doing a ton of reps with like weights or even on like pocket monkey does. And, and also just like it actually connects with like bigger muscle groups, like your, your back rotation. And I felt, yeah, that was what I was about to say. That like, since my, my rig is pretty like you see in an office most of the time. Right. So just have it, I have it at my office. So I just do like a short, quick session every now and then there. Just some kind of like some moves and some of the anti-rotational moves and static moves. Right. And I really got inspired by my monkey, uh, monkey Brooks there, the, the mad scientist. He keeps sending me all this like really like interesting exercise like how did he get come up with that all the time <laughs> right you should just kind of like make it make him an own section on the app i think like right. the mad scientist brooks new and new exercise right there. yeah he does he comes yeah. up with some good ones man it's like oh yeah i like that mm. yeah it's just just like i was so like annoyed that like he actually made the connection of putting just more of the straps together on the on the 360 to make it harder i was like why didn't i i just didn't think of that i was like in functional luckness i couldn't <laughs> like why <laughs> so. well i picture someone doing that and then their kid grabs it and then the, the kid like launches off you know because there's more resistance in their way but no it's we're actually we'd been exploring um actually kind of changing the band system bungee system to stack like i call it stacking where you clip in the multiple yeah and mm. 
it's it's something we're potentially exploring for kind of like the future of 360 as it evolves from like the Kickstarter project, you know? So, um, yeah, it's interesting to get that feedback. We get, we're kind of like creating this inner circle of the monkey society that we need, uh, for product testing, innovation, movements, exercises, all those things. So you're probably, you're like the original, you're, you're certainly the OG in that. Cause that, I was looking back like, God, it's just, I remember, I can remember vividly the first time scaping when we, we were in the totally different office. And I think you'd actually talk to Dave first and he was telling me about this guy. He lives in Norway and he moved to these islands in the Arctic because of adventure and all that. And I'm like, this guy sounds like a wild man. <laughs> and uh, here we are. Yeah. That, it's been a fun journey so far. That, oh, that's yeah. also interesting. It's like just how you make friends that way. Oh yeah. 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 I always was like hesitant to like, for some reason, I think there was like this stigma growing up of like, you know, if you go to the chat rooms, it's all perverts and like weirdos, which, you know, there's certainly some truth to, but you know, with social media now, it's like, you can kind of vet people in a way through these platforms and at least kind of get a sense of what they're into and who they are. So it's like, you well, know, I mean, compared to actually meeting them in real life, you can wet them a lot more. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can actually see like if they're consistent, consistency of posting, what kind of pictures to post. And, right. And yeah. Uh, so, and, and usually you can kind of like evaluate if they have like, are they the same people in the pictures? Like, do they have a like consistency of friends and stuff right. like that? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, doesn't seem like they haven't eaten any of their friends lately. It's the same people there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I think one of the other things is like, yeah, just back to the FOMO thing. I think it's such a, like, it was a really good episode, especially your follow episode was excellent. Because like, you, you were well, you went all over the place with wild ideas every now and then. Like, and then you come like, yeah, that, that's a little bit too wild. So I have to make a follow up episode for a podcast. But I think one of those, like, this is one of my favorite, like, cliches to saying, but it's like one of the good one lines that you cannot make up with intensity and lack of consistency. Hell yeah. Say, yeah. say that one more time. Say, say that one more time uh, for the monkeys. You cannot make up with intensity, a lack of consistency. Right. Yeah. So I think one of those things was like really just part, one thing that started being great with the app and the use of the 360 is that like, I tried to get in one 360 every day. Yeah. So especially like probably going through the, like having the cardio done, like I'm trying to do that in the morning. Right. Uh, depending on the cooperation from uh, my the wildest uh, bunch of my family, <laughs> it will see how much. But since I have it at work, I can just like sneak in. Like if I try to get a little bit early at work, sneak in 15 minutes with the 360, a little bit of stretching in the 360. Because I mean, it just takes like four to six minutes doing it. Right. And uh, yeah, and then I can have like more strength-wise exercises, but I don't have to do that every day because like I, I think I'm like hard when I do those. And these days, I'm pretty much only using the monkey equipment. Oh, wow, okay. And, and, and the pocket monkey for the easy installment at, at work. Okay. Yeah. So when, when we move to a new house, I'm going to have a training room. It's like the monkey room. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so that's when the war anchor will be really really get in place all right yeah so I'm, I'm hoping to hoping to see you there oh yeah man uh, I, I was just telling anna like oh man i really want to get back out there you know especially because you know henley now is well i'm trying to think how old she, she she's like 27 months and i think jacob's like about a year older than her yeah he's three and a half right yeah so she's two and a quarter ish um but you know in a year you know next summer like they'd be close enough where i think that and she's she's a wild one man i'm telling you this girl is like she's just a wild girl and she's a lot of fun so i think they would have a good time you know Mm. but one of these days and you guys got to get out here too you know Oh yeah, that, that's on our bucket list. Okay. So, yeah, we need to get back there. Right. Because when was the last time you were in the states? Uh, a long time ago. We uh, we kind of like stayed with my host parents in Atlanta, uh, just like a, a day. Okay. We were going to Mexico. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. So that was the last time I was there. Okay. So it's kind of like I did like since I was an exchange student in Atlanta and um, uh, I was really lucky. My husband took me like a lot of places. I've been to like 20 states. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also that was really, you would love that. Uh, I had some family friends. They, uh, they had like a sabbatical year working as the medical people in the Navajo nation. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I spent a week there. In Navajo Nation. Okay. In Northern Arizona or? Yes. Okay. Northern nice. Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So, so I also went to see the Grand Canyon drove from there. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We'll come and back and we'll go place. run across it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, what a place we should go if you have a good chance. It's Shackle Canyon. I think it's named. Is it named? What is it called? Shackle Canyon. Shackle. Shackle. It's like, it's, it's just a word that C H A. Okay. Oh, Ch- okay. Like and I've yeah. never heard of that. Yeah. Now it's, it's one of those like it's it's not it's not a big canyon, but there's a lot more like older dwellings there, so you mm. find it, like really cool. Like some people have lived there at some point. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was really cool experience. Also there. Right on. Yeah. In- well, that was actually what I've been thinking about for, for body hardening today. <laughs> no, man. Hey, that was. Uh, I think there's some. Like, like I said, that, that passage of talking about kind of like observing your thoughts and all that, I think that was just, that was such a, a well said concept and statement. I really encourage monkeys to listen to that over and over and over and write notes, really kind of internalize that and digest it and just uh, try to incorporate that into your life as you can. So thanks for the wisdom, my man. We got to, we got to get this, we got to get wild man Earl regular episodes. It's been all fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to like your next project. Uh, you were talking about like what was the guy from South Africa's name? Oh, Rich. Rich, you, you guys talked about like, Rich. I'm really looking forward to seeing the the new the new stuff you guys are cooking up. Oh yeah, no, there's I have a I've got a prototype sitting in my garage, and like I said, uh, Monkey Colton down in Atlanta, he's working on the dashboard, and we just there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot going on, so 2021 should be a fun year. Well, 
I'm looking forward to it. Likewise, my man. Mm. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for being here. Monkey on that. Monkey on, my man.